What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 40 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. Pixelpar. Hey, guys. I combined them this week. You yeah. see that? It's, you say <laughs> always joined by. I've, only, <laughs> I've been away for a few episodes, and I've only, I was on the last one, so I guess that counts. Well, and Steve came back for one episode and then left, but I think it, the more I double down on it, the funnier it becomes when I say that I'm always joined <laughs> by anybody, because I feel like I'm the only constant, and even I've missed two episodes, so. I was going to say, one time it'll just be you doing a podcast by yourself. Hi, I'm Pete and Bessie, and I'm by myself. For, for my other podcast, The Comics Pals, we agreed when we started that if there was ever a point where only one person could do the show, it would be that one person's job to carry the show and low-key i've always wanted to do that of just like i'm alone (laughs) and i've got to talk about this for an hour and a half like can i fill the time (laughs) the podcast monologue (laughs) knowing me i could do it i could i could i could make it work we just have to create like a robot soundtrack like where you can just type in a response and play it back to yourself I'll just I'll get like a really really bad soundboard of the two of you where it's just like that's brilliant (laughs) (laughs) just two different voices (laughs) Uh, anyway on this week's show we're talking about uh, some updates coming to Pokemon Sword and Shield a little bit of Fire Emblem controversy and answering your question and you don't have much time so we got to jump right into it so let's talk about what we're playing this week uh, last week I talked a little bit about a game called Creature in the Well, uh, which is that That's... indie pinball puzzler adventure game. Uh-huh. And uh, I got a significant amount into it this week rather than last time, but I think I'd only played about an hour or two. I think I'm eight to ten hours in now. Um, I am a significant percentage of the way through the game. I know the last dialogue prompt I had with one of the supporting characters was like, oh, there's only one more section of the machine you need to turn back on so i think i have like two or three more kind of like boards or like sub maps to get through and then i'll be actually done okay so what's your impression now because you were like you said it was good when you started but now you've progressed further does it kind of carry on or does it dwindle off uh so it definitely gets better because I know last week when I was talking about it, I wasn't totally sold on some of the gameplay because I wasn't sure if the idea had enough legs to really like extend C- through the whole game. It, yeah. Yes, exactly. And uh, I am pleased to report that I think it does because it gets quite a bit harder and it asks more of you in terms of like figuring out how the angles work and like learning like how to optimize your shots and everything especially when you start getting into the boss battles where you actually fight the creature that's cool do they do they add more into the mix like do you get different abilities or do the levels kind of have new mechanics so there are um discoverable unlockable weapons and each not every single one of them but a bunch of them have different abilities like there's one uh Remember I said that there was, like, the charge ability where you could, like, catch the ball Uh and redirect it? Like, there's one where you'll get a sword that has, like, a guide on it, so you'll have a laser tracking where the ball's gonna go. Um, That's really cool. There's one that you can use that when you get energy directed at you from an alternate source, like a gun that's shooting charged balls at you, you can catch it and then heal some health back. So there's like lots of little nuances that like actually make it worthwhile to switch between the different weapons depending on what you're doing or like what what's challenging you at any given time. So there's a little more strategy to it than I I think I originally thought and the boss battles definitely up the ante a little bit. I think my issue though is I I feel like the the pacing of the game feels a little off in terms of difficulty cuz I remember when we had spoken last time and then probably 6 hours past that point 
I never ever had a point where I was like, oh, this is really challenging. And then I think I got into the second boss battle, and it took me like ten tries because I was just oh wow, so it's like a proper proper difficulty wall that like midway through the game. Yeah, it just spiked, and then it went back to being like a normal difficulty like it was oh okay this part is more difficult than it has been but it feels like a natural progression and then i got to the next boss battle i beat it in one try i got to the one after that and then that one was really hard again so like it could just be me like having trouble with specific levels or like things i'm supposed Mm -hmm. to do in those fights but i don't really think that's the case considering i've had an easy time with some of the harder stuff yeah, because I was going to say, like, because like the beginning of games generally, if they don't do a tutorial section, they make it slightly easier so that you can go through and kind of learn the ropes as you progress. So I was wondering if it was a case where you'd done kind of like the tutorial bit and then that boss was like the real game. But as, if you're saying that it just gets easier after that boss, it does kind of sound like either it's you or it's a pacing issue with the game. Yeah, and it's not egregious. It's not like, you know, oh, this was super hard and now the rest of it is easy. But it was like... It felt like a real spike out of nowhere, and then it didn't feel like it was like, okay, this is how hard it is now. It was like, this one battle is like weirdly difficult, and then there are other parts that are weirdly difficult. You have to go watch some Let's Plays of it on YouTube or something to see if it was you or if it is actually that hard. Because there's definitely a chance that I was just like too tired or something like that, you know? But (laughs) You'll get there. You'll watch the video, and it'll be like, somebody does one thing and it dies, and you'll be like, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i i will say that this game is really interesting because it's the most frustrated i've been with a video game recently in terms of like i actually had to put it down the other day because i was like fuck this (laughs) but it's continually got me to come back because it's got a good loop and i want to beat it so did you do you like hard games like dark souls or bloodborne or so i like games that challenge me i don't like games that are like um What I don't like about Dark Souls and Bloodborne is that I feel like there's this very attitude of like, oh, this game is so hard, you just need to get good. And like, that's fine or whatever. Like, but I don't like games that brag about how difficult they are. Like, I want a game to challenge me because it's like good and well designed, not because it's like, oh, it lies to you about stats and doesn't tell you where to go. So it's hard, right? Or like, you walk into a door and auto die because they want to show you how hard it is. Like, fuck that. You know, do you, do you like? I'm guessing you don't like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. No? Not a big fan of Dark Souls. No, you see, like the whole the whole get good thing because I've I've played both um, yeah. three. I never played the earlier Dark Souls, but uh, Bloodborne's like one of my favorite games. And I've always found that in games like that, when people say things like get good, it's it kind of just translates to familiarize yourself with the mechanics because you can cheese most things in the games once you've learned how kind of the mechanics work and how to react. It's not actually that hard. See, but like that to me is also not very appealing, right? Because if I'm like just learning how to play the game so I can cheese it, it's like, okay, like to me, I'd rather play a game like Celeste, which is like really hard and you die thousands of times, but it just doesn't punish you for dying. Yeah, it's more of like precision, precision. I can't even talk. Precision difficulty though? Yes. Rather than like um, a combat difficulty. That definitely appeals to me more. Okay, I've still not played Celeste. Oh, you really should, especially now that they have I that. Know, it's on my list. The free DLC mm-hmm. just came out. I haven't played. I'm gonna replay it to play the DLC because I was like, oh, I gotta go back and play like the nine chapter. But I've heard it's like so hard. I'm like, I'm gonna be so rusty. I won't even be able to beat it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna have to just start over and like get my chops back. You know, I think I have a playthrough that's like half done, so I might just pick up there and like go through it again. But 
Um, the other thing I've been playing this week, I don't want to talk about too much because it's like outside our realm, but I picked up Spider-Man again. Uh, Is it on Switch? It's not on Switch. Well, there you uh, go, then. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I jumped back into it for the DLC uh, because I never got around to playing that. And I was so annoyed with Creature in the Well that I was like, I need to play something else and jump back into <laughs> Spider-Man. But having a great time with it. Um, uh, Such a good I finished game. the first one, the Black Hat DLC, and now I'm halfway mm-hmm. through the Hammerhead one. So probably one more night I'll be done. Nice. Yeah, I, I know you really like that game, so I had to bring it up. Yeah, no, I do love that game. If only it came to Switch, eh? If only it came to Switch. If only. Definitely won't happen now, huh? Now that Insomniac uh, is owned by PlayStation. <laughs> I know, right? As if that was what was keeping it off. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so this week you actually played a game. Well, it's not really a game. It's a demo. It's a 10-hour demo. It is. I've only played a few hours, and it's Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay. S. I don't know what the S means. Special. The S-ranked S edition. Switch. It must be sweet. Because in the Japanese alphabet, S comes first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of picked it up out of curiosity, just to see, because like, the footage of the game looks really nice, so I wanted to know how the game actually played. Mm-hmm. And like this demo is so generous, I was like, you know, Why maybe not? I will pick it up if it does convince me. And I think I've only played like two or three hours so far, but I'm like teetering on the verge of maybe I will buy it now, from going from like, <laughs> absolutely, you know, I can't be bothered. Uh, the the demo is quite slow at the beginning though because it does that tutorial thing like it throws you into a fight really early and you kind of you're trying out the combat and the tactics which is a mechanic where you can kind of give a set order for characters to do stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's better than I thought, but I'm not entirely because con- I've seen a lot of hype about it. I'm not entirely convinced it's it's a game I want yet. Maybe later on in the demo after I put a few more hours in it, it'll kind of turn me around on that, but. It looks really nice. The mechanics are just a bit bog standard at the moment, and there's nothing mm. really driving me forward apart from this is a storyline progressed to the next bit, which, you know, all good, but I'm not that invested in it. Yeah, I see what you mean. So, uh, I mean, I-, I definitely get that with a lot of JRPGs. You know, like, if-, if it's not doing something fresh, it's like, okay, it's a little been there, done that, mm-hmm. um, which is why you should try Fire Emblem. <laughs> I will play it one day. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, if, I reckon you should try to demo out for Dragon Quest. It looks really nice and mechanics are good. Just what I expected, not anything better. But you know, you might fall in love with it visually. There's been a couple of people in our Discord, uh, which you should go join if you're uh, a listener of the show, um, who were talking about it and were like, oh, I wasn't really interested in this. And then I played the demo and now I'm like hooked. And I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. that's good marketing they were really like 10 hour demo it's like one of those things that sounds like it's like that's kind of a lot but it's like for a 60 fucking 80 hour jrpg like give them a taste man they just need to taste that sweet sweet candy and then they're coming back for more you know (laughs) i do have to say like the first hour of the demo is pretty tedious um Mm. just doing basic stuff but i've got to a point where i think more interesting stuff's gonna happen now so i'll put a few more hours into it and see if it can uh, sway me all right you'll have to report back all right, so uh, before we move along into everything else, let me real quick just tell you how you can support the show. Uh, if you are an audio listener, make sure you give us a like on your platform of choice. And uh, if we're you know not on a platform where you want us to be, definitely let us know and we'll get there as soon as we can. 
Uh, aside from that, you can also find our content over on youtube.com slash lootpots, twitch.tv slash lootpots, and lootpots.com, where you can check out all of our cool video content, as well as our news and reviews and all the other stuff that we do aside from the podcast. Uh, if you want to connect with us, remember you can follow at Lootpots on Twitter, join us on our Discord, uh, and if you want to show your support in the best way possible, you can visit us at patreon.com slash Lootpots. And uh, so if you support us at the $5 level, you'll get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, which makes its return this week. Or actually, by the time this is live, it's already up! You can go see it. See it? Listen to it. Jesus. This is why I don't do the plugs. <laughs> it's funny, too, because I goofed right in the beginning. I was like, if you're an audio listener, as if there were a video version of the show, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're not working on that at all. All right. So um, the final plug I have for you today is that if you want to write in and have your thoughts read on the air, you can hit me up at Pete at Lupots.com, just like Sobe and Brendan did. So uh, we're going to do a little mailbag section this week, which is awesome. Love getting to read the reader mail. So again, hit us up. Uh, get us at, you know, all those ways that I said before. Um, we love hearing from you. So uh, these guys have both written in in the past. So thanks again. Um, this first one comes from Asobi, who writes in and says, Hey there, Steve, Pete, and Potsmaster Pixel. Since I'll be going to an anime slash gaming convention this weekend and working there as a crew member, I was wondering, have any of you ever been to an anime and or gaming convention? And what were your highs and lows there? Same question if you've ever worked in an event like that. Thanks. You're loyal and soon to be very tired, Asobi. Yeah. Well, I so I thanks for go. Go ahead. No, no, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Pixel. Go ahead. Fine. <laughs> I was just gonna thank you, Sobe, for his question. Go ahead. Thanks, Sobe. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> what do you got? You've been to a couple in your day. Yeah, I went to. I haven't really been to like an anime or Comic Con style event before. I went to something called Hyper Japan, which is kind of teetering on that. It's um, it's kind of like a like Japanese food festival mixed with some manga stores and stuff like that. And I, it, it wasn't what I expected, so I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> so just in terms of general events, that was an all-time low for me because I took my missus with me and we were both like, great, we paid money for this, now we're leaving. Um, but what mm-hmm. I did enjoy was E3. E3 is amazing. That's probably, uh, I've only been once, but that's probably been the best event because I've been to like EGX and stuff and I love EGX, but E3 is just, you know, it's so much bigger and there's so much more going on. So what was your, what was your high of E three like what like if you had to pick one moment what was the coolest thing that you saw or got to play or whatever shaking hands with Reggie that was pretty cool oh I didn't know you did that that's yeah. awesome so yeah I met Re- what was it Reggie Bill Trinan and a marketing guy that I can't remember the name of <laughs> I'm I'm not like the kind of person to like generally I I try to be good about not like like fanning out you know because i've met a bunch of people who i really admire uh-huh. um and I'm, I'm usually pretty good about like i don't like usually ask for pictures or anything like that because i want to be professional i would 1000 percent ask reggie to take a picture with me like no fucking question i'd have to do it i, I just spoke to him shook his hand and went on my way that was it i, I, I would li- i'd be like reggie come on like pose it up like let's like you know do your biggest <laughs> scariest bowser pose like <laughs> To be fair, like E three, he's like constantly walking around, really busy. So it's kind of it's, I found it a bit rude to ask him for anything more than just say hi, you know, shake hands. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Sometimes you got to shoot your shot, though, dude. It, I think probably the only person I definitely wouldn't do that to is Sakurai, because as much as I'd want one, I'd just be like, you don't. I don't want you to expend any more energy. I just I brought you a sandwich. <laughs> Here's some food. <laughs> Please go home. In terms of lows, I think my, my worst low was I stood in a queue for um, Mario Odyssey and the guy in front of me absolutely stunk. And I Ugh. stood there waiting. Yeah, not good. So yeah, it, 
if you go to an event, please wear deodorant and shower and stuff. It's so funny because that's like such a big stereotype at these conventions. But like, I've never had that experience. I've never been stuck next to a smelly person. Yeah, it's not good. I've been to a lot of these in my day. Um, I think the one that I'm I'm most frequented is uh, read pop events. So like New York Comic Con, I've been to every year for nine years. This will be my ninth New York Comic Con. Wow. Um, I've been working it as press for like the last six, I think. Uh, I just did Keystone Comic Con last week with with the Comics Pals. Uh, I've done a bunch of like smaller conventions and stuff like that um, to go and interview people and stuff. One of my favorite conventions, which I've definitely mentioned on the show in the past, is MAGFest. It's the Music and Gaming Festival in Maryland, and it is an absolute blast. <laughs> uh, it's in this giant hotel called the Gaylord. And it's they have a 24 hour arcade. They have a room where everybody, people who like volunteer or whatever, will uh, donate their consoles to be borrowed for the weekend. And it's like every console ever made in a big room. And like there's like old Amigas and stuff and Commodore 64s. And you can just go and like as long as there's nobody there, you can sit down and play and, you know, um, like whatever. And uh, like I said, the arcade's free. There's concerts the whole weekend. And it's all like, you know, video game DJs and geek bands and stuff. And it's just fucking awesome. It's like nerd spring break. Um, And I definitely like need to go back a few more times because I know I'm fast approaching an age where I'm just going to be too old to do it anymore. (laughs) Walking around with your walking stick. Get out of my way, kids. (laughs) Oh. oh my god, but yeah, if you ever are in the States and get a chance to attend, MAGFest is a wonderful time. Um, as for Lowe's, I, I've been pretty fortunate. I really haven't had too many negative experiences at conventions. Um, I think the worst thing that's ever happened to me is like when I've had a person I really wanted to interview agree to talk to me, and then like their schedule changes and they can't. So it's you, not that bad. You've never drank too much or been ill or anything, then? Uh, I mean, I got food poisoning after the last time I went to MAGFest, but it happened afterwards. Oh, so, okay. like, so it you know, count. like, I guess you could count that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I will tell a quick story from that, though. I, I, I don't know if it was food poisoning or a flu, but I think I was sick for like three or four days and I was violently ill the whole time. And I remember there was a point three or four days into it where it was I was still living with my dad at the time. This is like two years ago. And I was laying on the bathroom floor naked. With my head on a towel after throwing up, and my dad just comes in. And he's like, "Are you okay? Do I need to take you to a hospital? Like you've been throwing up for like four days." Mm. <laughs> nice. So that was that's a low. Yeah, I'd count that as a low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so thanks again for writing in, Sobi. Uh, this next one comes from Brendan, another uh, member over on our Discord who's written in in the past, and he says, "Hey all, first thanks for not disclosing my last my last name last time. I was tired." You're welcome. No problem. (laughs) Not trying to dox you. (laughs) So here's a short question. With Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD on the October horizon and Sega's fiscal earnings last year, what other Sega ports slash remasters would you like to see come to Switch? I'd personally like to see a straight port of Sonic Adventure 2 Battle just to have the Chow Garden experience on a handheld console. Thanks. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because as much as the Sonic Adventure games are like hot garbage, I think a Sonic Adventure collection would sell really fucking well because a lot of people love those games or even just you know like they did sonic mania they handed it over for someone else to kind of remaster mm-hmm. if they went you know down that route they'd make a ton of money man if they, if they if they did like a true remaster of that game with like good graphics and like updated voice acting and stuff that would be really cool actually because like i think the core of those games is fun but like jesus christ they're so not good 
Like, those are games that I loved so much as a kid, but you try to go back and play them, and it's like banging your head against a wall. Yeah, they do need to, like, it's like the uh, upcoming Link's Awakening game. Like, it does still hold up on the original console, but when they put a bit more love into it and modernize it, it just makes it so much better. Yeah, I, I do think there's a core difference there, though, because the original Link's Awakening does hold up because it's a really good game. You and know, Sonic I mean, Adventure yeah. games are totally nostalgia bait. Like, and again, this is coming from someone who loves them. I love the Chow Garden. Don't drag me for <laughs> saying the truth. Go watch a Let's Play if you haven't played in a couple years. Pick it up for yourself. It's ported plenty of places. It's, it's rough. It's fucking rough. <laughs> you know what I'd want? We've talked about it on the show before. I'm sure you'll remember it. The Seaman? Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to see a HD Seaman. Oh my god, dude. I would love HD Seaman. <laughs> that's, that's the silliest fucking game. Why was that ever a thing? Do you know what I found out recently? Because I've never actually played it. We've just looked at images and laughed and choked about it. There's actually like an accessory because it was on Dreamcast as an accessory and you could play it with voice commands. Oh no, it's yeah. Hey Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a big horrible. bubble on a stick that you shout at. It's brilliant. My God. Yeah, right. That would be a good one. Uh-huh. Uh, the only other game that came to mind for me was Power Stone. That was that fighter that was on the Dreamcast. I don't remember that. So it's like a party fighter. It's like... Hold on, I'm going to look it up. Power Stone. So yeah, that's that's my answer, I'd say. there. There's not too many other Sega games I'm like itching for, if I'm being honest with you. I was always more of a Nintendo kid. Steve might be able to answer this question better. Good job he's not here. We'll be like, <laughs> I'd like, I'd like uh, the Sega port of Aladdin. Wait, we already got that shit. <laughs> Did that come out on Sega? Yeah, there was an Aladdin game on Sega. Okay. The Genesis. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, Toe Jam, oh, we got that too. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the good ones have already come back. Yeah, hey, I'm looking at Power Vector Stone Man. now, and that's actually Vector quite... Man. Victor Man. Vector Man. Vector Man. Jeez, I was Vector really out of touch with Sega games. He's cool as fuck. That's, there's my answer. All right, so thanks again, Brendan and Asobi. Remember, if you guys want to write in just like they did and get your thoughts right on the air, you can hit me up at Pete at Lupots.com, or you can go hit us up on the Potscast channel of the Lupots Discord. So uh, go do those things. All right, so moving into the news this week, we're going to kick things off with some Pokemon news. Uh, the first piece comes up uh, about how Pokemon Sword and Shield looks to be the first Pokemon game to ever come out without an Elite Four. Ooh, is it is it actually the first? It is. Okay. Yeah, even Sun and Moon, which got rid of gym, traditional gyms last generation, uh, had a Elite Four champion. Like, the big thing in the, uh, the lore of the game was that they were setting up their Pokemon League for the first time. So they were like, oh, we have our new thing. Like, now you can go challenge it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, because I haven't played Sun and Moon, and I know they got rid of gyms in that, so I presume they got rid of the Elite Four too, but I guess not. No. Uh, And in Galar, the way that they're having it play out is that at the end of the game, instead of the Elite Four, there's going to be a Champion Cup, which is like a a tournament more similar to like what you see in the anime, where like Ash goes and like participates in like a big thing with several other trainers that are like competing to be the champion. And -hmm. if you make it to the final round, you'll actually battle the Galar champion whose name is Leon. Ah, you see. Remember when I did that video? Um, I can't remember which one it was, but I was looking at Gala. I That's part found, of why I was going to bring it up. Yeah. I found a we distinction between this. the gyms and that one at the very top where you see um, Leon, I think that's his English name, um, in there is actually the Champion Cup Stadium, whereas the actual ceremony for the gym challenge is held in the Fire Town, the, you know, the one with the crown on top. Mm-hmm. 
So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's funny because that was one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up was because we talked about it in that video. That was the one you and I did together, looking at the map. Mm-hmm. And uh, exactly yeah, so <laughs> it, it seems like we it seems like we called that one a little bit. Um, and there was uh, one little other thing I wanted to call out uh, from the uh, Daily Dot Esports article that I I found the story in originally, where they pointed out that uh, some people have speculated that this tournament is like a more advanced version of the Pokemon World tournament that we originally saw in uh, Pokemon Black Two and White, which was like kind of like a side event um, where you could like battle characters from previous generations and stuff like that. Okay. So some people are wondering if once you become the champion if you might be able to like replay it and battle some of those other players or maybe you'll see characters from other regions in the tournament and stuff like that could be really cool maybe you'll be able to go back to kanto everyone loves that going back to kanto (laughs) yeah that's exactly what we need in another game Uh uh-huh yep (laughs) so yeah this was cool i'm interested in this uh i i'm down for anything that switches up the formula you know like that's where we're at with pokemon at this point all right, so moving right along, uh, Super Nintendo controllers are now available. Um, so if you are enjoying that retro life uh, like Pixel and I have been since they dropped <laughs> Super Nintendo games on Switch, you can now go and pick it up. Uh, we've got a link down below where you can head over to the Loot Pots article where we've got uh, literally every link for where you can buy it in any region. So go check it out. Um, it's 30 bucks across the board pretty much. Um you know, local currency, you know, rate supply. That, yeah. yeah, but you're you're looking at the neighborhood of thirty bucks, uh, you know, except for like Australia and Canada where everything's a million times more expensive, you're looking at forty. So yeah. Um I'm not gonna pick this up because I did grab the eight bit dough retro style controller and I've been using that. It's been serving me just fine. Um but these are really cool and you know pretty good deal definitely more affordable than the nes one is the 8-bit one um because like they've said they're doing the like japanese slash english colors where it's mm-hmm. got the four colors on the buttons and then the american ones obviously get the gray buttons i think or purple but purple buttons that's it yes what does the 8-bit one come with so they have one that's snes styled which has the concaved buttons and they're purple and stuff mm-hmm. but i bought one that's styled after the original game boy so it's all red buttons. oh okay and it's got a slightly chunkier d-pad so, uh, you know me, I'm a big Game Boy guy, so I had to pick that one up. <laughs> I don't think I've picked any of them up. I'm, I'm quite happy using the Joy-Cons on my Pro Controller. Yeah, I'm fine with that if I'm in handheld mode, but when I was playing docked a little bit with Mario and stuff, it was like, excuse me, nice to have the more dedicated D-pad. Yeah, this is a thing. I've mentioned this before. I don't use a D-pad, even on retro <sighs> games. Wild. I'm a stick Wild. Man. All right, man. That's cool. I originally picked it up so I would have a controller to use on my phone for playing, um, uh, not emulators. No, I don't want to get sued by Nintendo. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so since I had it, I was like, yeah, why not? Like, you know, I'll, I'll use it when I'm playing the retro stuff. And I've really been enjoying it. Like, highly, highly endorse the 8-bit Doe controller. It's the 36N Pro or whatever. It's whatever the new one just came out. It's real good. Um, so if you need a retro style controller in your life, I uh, I'd recommend it. If you're not, if you want to get something that's a little more versatile than the Super Nintendo one. Uh, All right. So moving right along, uh, we've got enhanced ports of the original three Dragon Quest games coming to Nintendo Switch on September 27th. So that is Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest 2, Luminaries of the Legendary Line, and Dragon Quest 3, The Seeds of Salvation. Um, They'll all be (laughs) available individually, interestingly enough, with different prices. Yeah. Dragon Quest 1 is 4.99, uh 2 is 6.49 and 3 is 
And that's just for America. The pricing for other regions, I don't think, has been confirmed yet, or at least it wasn't at the time of this article being written. Uh, So all of these are... um, I'm a little concerned about this because they the enhanced versions that we're talking about, instead of it being the original NES versions, they're being based on the mobile ports of the games, which have enhanced graphics and stuff. And it's, it's a good thing because they're basing it off something that's already got enhanced graphics rather than redoing the graphics again, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm concerned about that. We've been burned by that sort of thing in the past with like the Chrono Trigger port that they brought to Steam that was like the shitty phone version and Yeah, true. I guess if anyone if anyone's played the mobile phone ports, write in, let us know. Then we know whether the uh, the switch port of the mobile port is gonna be any good. Yeah. I, I, so, you know, I'd be cautiously optimistic about this one. If you're a Dragon Quest fan, like just do your research before you buy these, because you don't you don't want to get a shitty mobile port. So I then Square's not always the best with this. So I, I uh, my my hype for this is very tempered because <laughs> I, mm. um, so there is a physical triple pack that's been announced in Japan. No word on if that's going to be coming west. Uh, but the Japanese pack does have an English language version. So if you really want a physical copy, you could go and import that Japanese version. Uh, we'll have to see if if it's going to come west, but. I wouldn't necessarily hold your breath. I absolutely hate it when they do like If they announce it in like a month's time after the release, it's like, oh, no, you can get the physical. And it's like, for God's sake, I would have just bought the physical. Right. But I also hate it when physicals become region exclusive. So overall, it's just not a good situation. I, I'll wait it out, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, not like you're like exactly like dying to get these, you know, 25 so This Nintendo games. Switch drought we're in during September. Jeez, man. Right, exactly. Um... Yeah, Max did call out in the article though that if you did want to import the triple pack, you can grab it on Play Asia for around forty bucks or thirty-four pounds. So not bad. That's pretty affordable for for an import. Mm-hmm. So something to think about. Um, there they are some great games. I think I've only played one and two. If those are the ones that they ported to Game Boy, I think. Yeah, they ported two. I'm not sure about one. I, I presume it was I, one. I think I played two then. I was like eight years old, so it's been it's been a long time. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving right along, uh, we had a little bit of controversy this week uh, surrounding Fire Emblem Three Houses. So there was a big old patch that came out this week, uh, or last week actually, which I think we talked about how there were there was like a glitch that came along with it and everything, and that was one of the things that got pushed out. Um, but kind of the main big story that came out of it was the whole change of voice actor for the male version of Byleth after that actor had been like found to uh, like commit some you know some pretty unsavory crimes and stuff like that so it's like if you want to go read about that stuff go for it that's I think why most people are aware of these patches but there was another little bit that I wanted to talk about because I thought it was an interesting note on censorship and how Nintendo kind of handles mature themes because I think Anybody who's never played a Fire Emblem game, um, like me, was probably surprised when you played Fire Emblem Three Houses and found that there was actually some more mature subject matter than what you might expect from a Nintendo game. But in this patch, uh, there was a, a pretty significant piece of of character dialogue that was changed seemingly for censorship reasons, and it had a lot of people up in arms. And I wanted to talk about it, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. So there's a character in the game uh, named Bernadetta. 
who is like a reckless, right? And if you end up developing your relationship with her, you end up finding out that a big part of it is that she had an abusive relationship with her father. Okay. And uh, in the, I'm, I'm going to just read the dialogue here. Uh, for like the big screenshot that's been passed around. So uh, if you know about Bernadette's storyline, you've heard this. If you don't want any spoilers for Fire Emblem Three Houses, you might want to just skip ahead to the, to the out this way. Okay. Uh, so the original dialogue for her was, again, this is in reference to her father. To train me to be a good submissive wife, he'd do things like tie me to a chair and leave me there all day, challenging me to stay quiet, right? And then in the updated version... It says, to train me to be a good wife, he'd do things like tie me to a chair. Okay. And one of the things that, uh, that, that like, has been called out is that, like, it, it, it doesn't change the plot. It doesn't significantly alter anything about it. It just kind of tones down some of the more sensitive details. Do you know what? I can, I can see why they made this change. I, I'm, I'm not pro or against censorship in games like this, <clears throat> but we've got to bear in mind this has been rated 12 peg. And if somebody who's, say, 12 didn't know what submissive meant and they Googled submissive wife, I'm guessing they're not going to get the results that they might expect, like a definition. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a fair point. You know, that will kind of bring up a lot of questionable content, especially for someone age 12. So I can kind of see why they've done it more, more or less in the context rather than the understanding or like using a word like submissive is quite advanced for younger children. Or for like teenagers sometimes. Yeah, and I think the point that you make there too of just like even just like taking that term and Googling it or something mm-hmm. like that is going to return pornography. You know, like it is. Um, so I I can understand that element to it. But it's like, why change the bit about challenging her to stay quiet, considering especially that she's a character who's like very introverted and doesn't talk a lot. And you're like, oh, that's a key character. It's like, I don't see like what the point of that. Like, it just it feels like an overstep. You know, like I, I agree with you where I can see the like, yeah, look, reaction. The, there, the challenge me to stay quiet thing. I don't know why they take it out because it doesn't change context whatsoever. It just takes away from the character's background. Yeah, from you understanding the character's background. I can understand changing submissive wife to good wife, although that kind of yeah. implies that... That that's a good wife. Yeah, so that's kind of... Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Kind of equally problematic, uh-huh. yeah. I, 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 To me, like, I, I really do, like... Uh, this is one of those ones where, like, I, I get the intent behind it, but it does feel a little bit like overstepping yeah i'm wondering why they've done it because is it because they got a complaint from someone is it because someone like a rating board flagged it afterwards and they thought oh well we better change that otherwise they might void our kind of age rating or if it's just because they felt that it was too kind of detailed and specific i don't know it's a weird one yeah and i i don't i don't think that we need to talk about it much more than that like it, it is just kind of like a weird decision but, like, I saw a lot of people in our sphere talking about it this week, and I kind of wanted to just throw our hat in the ring on that conversation. You know, for me, I'm I'm always one to err on the side of I don't want any censorship. You know, like, localization is one thing, and I think there's a certain contingency of fans who will look at certain kinds of localization as censorship. I don't personally agree. But this is the kind of thing that of, like, this game has sensitive content in it, and if that means it's not appropriate for 12-year-olds, then... Maybe it's not appropriate for 12-year-olds. Like, the game's rated T in America, you know? So, like, for us, like, that, the expectation is that, like, you're a teenager and you're playing this game, mm-hmm. you know? It's just a weird one, isn't it? Because it, it makes it more questionable when they've done it in a patch rather than censoring it from the beginning, because then you know their stance at the mm-hmm. beginning. But to change it midway means they're flip-flopping on something. 
which makes it, you know, even more kind of interesting because it's like, why have they done that rather than it's just localization or censorship at the beginning? They've just patched it out, which is, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a weird choice. Uh, But anyway, moving along out this week. Um, I want to get to this main topic before you got to cut out. <laughs> so Steve missed this one last week, so I'm throwing it in. Castle Crashers Remastered is live today as of this recording, Tuesday, September 17th. I love Castle Crashers. It is one of the best couch co-op multiplayer games of all time, created by the Behemoth. Uh, it's got that legacy at Newgrounds. I played the crap out of this game on the Xbox 360, <laughs> and you better believe I'm going to play it again. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, I know Mark from the Lupots team really wants to get a stream going of it at some point. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to see if I can rope in one or two more guys and see if we can commit to like a two or three hour session here and see if we see how far we can get. Uh, so Friday, September 20th, we've got a ton of games coming out. Uh, I'm sorry, not a ton. We have two really, really high quality games coming out. Excuse me. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, obviously the highlight. Pixel, I have a problem. I'm going to have to buy because this game twice. Because you're importing the limited edition. Because I'm importing mm-hmm. the UK version. I knew that was going to happen. I can't wait. I I can't wait. I decided I think I'm just going to give the the physical copy like to somebody, I guess. No, but then I won't have it for my... I don't know. We'll have to think about this one off, off mic. Uh, it's a problem, though. <laughs> I can see you're tearing up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Sarah will probably want to play it. So I mean, Do you have two, two switches? We do. Get it digitally and then... And then I'll just let, yeah, let her use the physical. Yeah. Also that day, we've got Untitled Goose Game. Um, can't believe this game is coming out this year. I really I thought know, it was going to slip to 2020. I'm really look. I hate the fact that this is... I think Nino Kuni releases on the 20th as well. And like, why? Right? <laughs> it's too so, many games on one Yeah, day. I don't know. I, it's a really bad choice, IMO. I don't... Excuse me. I don't think you want to put out any game the same day as a Zelda. Uh, so Tuesday, September 24th, we've got Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. Absolutely another one I'm going to pick up. One of my favorite Star Wars games of all time. Can't wait to replay it. You're going to have to finish Link's Awakening very quickly. Well, well, I'll probably get it later. I don't need it right (laughs) away. I played it. It's only like 10 bucks too, which is nice. Nice little walk down memory lane. Uh, And then last, we've got uh, Wednesday, September 25th, Mario Kart Tour comes to Android and iOS. Some people were saying it's already in the wild or that you can like download it and... Do that like weird backdoor shit where you can install it early. So, but it's Nintendo's got it listed as the 25th. So it'll be out next week. Do you have any interest in this? You going to try it out? I don't play games on mobile. I just don't enjoy it. Yeah, I don't think I'll try it either. I never even tried Pokemon Masters and that's like way more up my alley than this. Yeah, I tried Pokemon Go. Just, uh, you know, played it for a bit. But then you're on your phone and you get a work email and you're like, oh yeah. yeah." I don't like this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. Right, so moving along right into our main topic, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna part the kimono here for a second, guys. Pixel is gone. He's dead. Uh, no, just kidding. He had to leave for a work meeting. So I am actually recording this main topic later this evening, and I uh, you know I brought in a, a panel of of people to talk about this. Uh, you know some of the best B teamers that I could find. Uh, we've got DJ the Content Lewis. Hey, everybody. I'm not sure how to feel about that, but... Well, <laughs> yeah, B-tier. B- <laughs> the best B-tier. The thing with you, DJ, is I feel like, you know, you're you're like the best B-tier guy, so you're like oh, you're like a low A. You know, like, I feel like I could give you A-. Max, though, I was really scraping the bottom of the barrel when I let this guy on the oh, show. Oh, you weren't kidding. I'm a day one, day one Loot Pops member. How dare you besmirch my good name by putting me in the B-tier? 
Well, I'm just saying, you know, uh, you're also the only Lupots member who cyberbullies me on Twitter every fucking True. day, so... You're the only Lupots member that takes a cyberbullying and doesn't give it any back, so, you know... <laughs> you're good at shitposting there, nice. Max. I gotta admit. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Max is over here like, oh, I wonder why Pete doesn't have me on the podcast more often. <laughs> it's just oh, fucking 2D Mario is just shite. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to shoot you, the low-hanging fruit. You've got to go for the low-hanging fruit, and you just got to punch it square in its nuts. So, I, so, you know, here's the thing, Max, right? This is your chance. I brought you on here to talk about my favorite thing in all of Nintendo, Pokemon, and an amazing reveal of the internet's brand-new darling, Surfetched. Absolutely. And so this is your chance to knock it out of the park, and we can mend fences here. Cool. Let's let's squash the beef right here, live on the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. So Astral Chain, no, yeah. Um, Surfetched. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> you know, I give this guy a microphone, and he immediately throws it in my face. You know. So if uh, if you didn't see the whole news story around it, I'll catch you up real quickly. Uh, this was actually in the original recording Pixel and I did, but now that we're getting to do a show after the fact, I'm just going to recap the whole thing, and uh, you'll just have to believe me after the fact that I did believe it would be a far-fetched <laughs> evolution. <laughs> so, uh, if you missed the story last week, uh, Pokemon on their Twitter sent out this link to a page on the Pokemon website that had a, uh, a new Pokemon that was going to be revealed, only it was this very, like, interesting little kind of game where it was a glitched out image that would kind of run away from you you had to click on it go to this page where they gave you this blanked out description of the pokemon a, a pixelated version of the uh the image and everything and it led people wild with speculation but uh it you know seemed to be the popular theory was we were going to get a far-fetched evolution after that leak that made its rounds on uh i think 4chan originally Good pun. um has proven right a few times over now so a lot of people figured this would be what we'd be getting based on the description i believed that rumor and it has proven true that leak hasn't missed a beat so far there has not been anything on that list that hasn't already that hasn't like all the reveals just tick boxes off that leak so believe everything on 4chan <laughs> no no don't don't go that far at all <laughs> uh however I think we can we can probably take the rest of these ones to the bank, it seems, because the accuracy so far has been pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, that being said, I don't think any of us could have been prepared for how excellent this character design would be. Uh, I'm going to come out and say it. Surfesh, maybe my favorite new Pokemon of the generation right now. Yeah, definitely one of, yeah, like up there. It's just, it's just very um, clever. Yeah, they seem to be doing a really good job with taking, like, Gen 1 Pokemon and doing something beyond just, like, forms you know yeah like you could say galarian form wheezing like yeah it's a special form but that thing is just amazing and this is yeah, like a little yeah. bit different but yeah it just it takes like gen wanting to a whole new level i think i like i like how it takes gen one which is kind of famous for being maybe more of the one of the more low-key generations of pokemon because it sort of started all and it's before they really started going wild with their designs and ideas and it takes like something simple like farfetch which is a duck holding a leak and then it makes the leak like 10 foot tall a giant yeah. anime sword yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lance isn't it but yeah 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 like when they did uh executor for sun and moon where he was just massively tall um, I like that they're just sort of like taking them and just stretching them out. Yeah, I kind of hope this is like a trend that holds true where once a generation we just get a Pokemon that gets a part of it just abnormally stretched out. Oh my out. gosh. Well, that's that's what Executor <laughs> looks like. <laughs> that leak, the one that we talked about before, one of them says that um, 
what is it? A uh, the, the the Gigantamax version of Meowth is just a really long Meowth. <laughs> and considering everything else has been right so far, I'm really looking forward to just seeing this like really stretched out like long cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They see. I don't know. He like. It seems like Surfetch is like the perfect mix of like I can take Surfetch seriously, but it's just as silly at the same time. Yeah, yeah. like, I-, I think he really strikes that perfect balance of, like, it's definitely a goofy design, but, like, there's also a weirdly cool quality to oh, it. Oh, and he's such a jerk. <laughs> Look at his face. I, I think yeah. the, the thing I, I like the most about it is that, like, the original Farfetch'd is, like, so well known for being, like, oh, it's an endangered species of Pokemon because it's so, like, shitty in battle and delicious <laughs> to eat that people just eat it, like, to the point of near extinction. And it's, like, the few of them that survive become these fucking battle-hardened warriors. <laughs> They just cut the top of their leak off to make a shield, and they just start like running at people, spears drawn. Brilliant. Yeah, it's it's insane. I I'm so about it. <laughs> yeah, there's the depiction in the anime right there. Yeah, I like how simple it is. Like I was when I saw the the pixelated image. Obviously, when I rotated it 90 degrees, because um, I wasn't looking at some weird cubone, and I was like, okay. Um, it looks like it's wearing a suit of armor. Like it had like almost like a visor going on. It looked like it was like mm. really top heavy, and it, because it, because it was, it was so warped. And it's I, I actually prefer this look that it's more simple. It is just the sword and the sword, the, the lance and the shield that are the focal point, and not like this massive armored <laughs> um But he is really heavy. He is like an incredibly heavy, really small Pokemon as well. I'm really interested to see what his stats are going to be like. I thought it was really strange that like they switched his type to fighting. Yeah. Instead, yeah, yeah. he's mono fighting instead of holding either of his previous yeah, types bizarre, of normal or flying. Yeah, it's a really strange one. Um, <laughs> particularly <laughs> because I think if you teach a far fetched, oh, I guess fly isn't a move anymore. It's a move. It's a, it's a it's a TM, isn't it? It's just not a HM. It's a, it was a TM in Sun Moon. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So you could technically teach it fly, and it probably would be the only Pokemon that isn't flying type that could learn fly. Yeah. Yeah, because you could teach it to Farfetch'd than Evolved, couldn't you? I've, yeah. just, I've just looked up. It's two foot seven, and it's two hundred and fifty-seven pounds. <laughs> oh my god! It's ha- It's less than half my height, and it's the exact same. It's so dense. It's the exact same weight as me, and it's half my height. It's the <laughs> most dense bird. That's ridiculous. I think it's going to be a tank. That's all breast. Do you think that's counting its shield and sword's weight, oh, or is that yeah, just well, the duck body? Yeah, but like it's a leak. Like how heavy? It's not made of metal or anything, is it? It's just it's, he's just he's just solid bird muscle. That's all there is to it's it. It's going to be a tank, I'm telling you. It's going to yeah, be impish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of curious that um, because he is pure fighting and he's sort of a sword exclusive, what we're going to get for shield? Um, are we sort of expecting another another Pokemon? Uh, earlier over on the Loot Pods Discord, which all of you cats should go join, uh, there was a comment from, let me see, I think it was, yeah, it was from Chris uh, over on the Discord who said that there's a rumor for a Galarian Chatot for shield. Uh, but that would be Galarian, so not an evolution. When we originally talked, I thought he said it would be an evolution. Yeah. I don't know, hmm. two birds? I mean, it would make sense to have maybe just like a bird for this and a bird for that, but I don't know if... Yeah. I don't know. I would I would definitely mess with a Chatot alternate form, though. I'm a big fan oh, yeah. of Chatot. I like Chatot as well. You don't yeah, think yeah, it'll yeah. be another like kind of Gen 1 type of like, thing? That would make the most sense, wouldn't it, as a Gen 1. Well, what's a Gen 1 Pokemon that doesn't have an evolution, though, that you could do that with? Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime has a baby form, though. Yeah, does Jinx? Lapras. Uh, Jinx, Jinx also has... Form. Lapras. Lapras is supposed to have a Gigantamax. I don't know if this uh, if people don't like leaks. 
over here, but like, yeah, the leak specifically mentions that Lapras gets like a cool new Gantamax form. But then again, interesting. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah. So you never know, though. I mean, like aspects of the leak could definitely be different too, right? Like, yes. who's yeah, to yeah, say? Definitely. But let me look at the original 150 Pokemon and see who we have, because I think Lapras is the only one besides Farfetch. Why you Why you do that? Um, Derek Bittner from Game Explain tweeted something earlier that I thought was very interesting. He said that um, sort you know because Pokemon Sword has this exclusive evolution of Farfetch and it's a fighting type, and Pokemon Sword also has an exclusive fighting type gym that there could be ah the Shield has an exclusive ghost. ghost gym, so we could have like a ghost Pokemon. But like, I mean, what ghost Pokemon? I mean, it doesn't need to be a ghost Pokemon, does it? Because it could evolve into a ghost Pokemon. Uh, sure, it could be a Pokemon that we know that dies and turns yeah. into a ghost. Yeah, that would be yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm looking at this list. There aren't many candidates, I gotta say. Yeah, because like, a lot of them got babies in Gen 2, didn't they? And then Gen 4. Or they got evolutions in Gen 4. Yeah, Gen 4, they were just like, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Have loads of evolutions. Yeah. yeah. No, honestly... Uh, Pinsir is the only other one I can think of, but it does a have mega, a mega evolution. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's tight. That's tight. Tauros, Taurus. That would okay. be a good one. Yeah, and that would work. That would work too. Uh, it's another um, sort of in Pokemon Go. It's another sort of regional Pokemon, which I know probably isn't related. But Farfetch'd and Taurus are both standalone sort of regional Pokemon. One representing yeah. America, one representing Japan or Asia in general. I think so. There's a correlation there, I guess. Yeah, that that I think that's a good candidate. A very good candidate. Because Tauros is the only and Tauros is the only Pokemon from the original one fifty one I'm looking at that doesn't have an evolution, a pre evolution, or a mega evolution. Damn, they've really scraped the bottom of that barrel, haven't they? The Gen One barrel. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean far fetched far fetched and Tauros are literally the last hey, two that happened. You heard been it touched. here. You heard it here. If it happens then Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. The prophecy. We called it. At Pete. <laughs> at, at Pete immediately and tell him he was right. <laughs> he needs that boost in his life. Yeah, at loud underscore Pete hit me. <laughs> you guys did you did you see that that uh that Surfetch tweet that I made earlier? Yeah, dude, you went viral. <laughs> Wait, I know what? that's the most popular tweet I've ever tweeted. Really? Hang on, let me have a look. Let me look yeah. this oh, it was it was great. It was great. Just to like give a little visual. What was it? It was like uh, was that from like an anime? And it was like just an anime guy with like a gigantic sword. Yeah, it's like an anime soldier holding this ridiculously long like <laughs> long sword. And I did that like meme format of nobody <laughs> yeah, surfetched just, yeah. just holding that giant ass sword. I liked it because I clicked it, not expecting it to be that long, and then it's just. <laughs> Yeah. Whoop! yeah you click on it you're just like oh fuck <laughs> click for a surprise <laughs> yeah i you know i gotta admit though like the way that this news cycle for sword and shield has been has like i i can't remember where we've been this close to release and still know like so little it's kind of crazy when you think about it it's good yeah i, I I agree with you, Max. It is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, can you compare this to, like, the rollout of content for Sun and oh, Moon? There was God. a thing on the Pokemon Twitter, like, every other week. Yes. Oh, yeah, we knew, like, I went into Pokemon Sun and Moon and knew pretty much every single Pokemon, mm-hmm. bar a couple of, like, maybe Evolution. But they just, they said so much and they showed so much. And obviously, the games did pretty well and the games were really good. But I'm glad that this game's going to have more surprises. Um, but it also means that the complaining is louder because there's not news to cover it up. Yeah, it's funny because I honestly, I I definitely agree with you that I would prefer this as a rule mm-hmm. for like how they talk about the games because I'd rather go in with less information yeah. than more. But I think given the, the National Dex backlash, the complaints that people have had about the graphics and the sameness, yeah. it's actually been to their detriment because you look at, the Surfetch announcement today, this is the first time 
since Galarian Weezing that I feel like people have added anything positive to yeah, say about yeah, Pokemon yeah. I mean, the, the Shield. Yeah, I mean, the E3, not the E3, sorry, the Direct from a couple of weeks ago where they announced the curry and the camp, and people were like, well, is that it? Curry and camp, and that's what we're getting instead of the, we're getting a national curry decks instead of a national Pokedex, and you know, it doesn't bother me as much. Oh, did people actually say that? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I got over the national decks thing in like a week, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Me too, man. But it's funny, like, I still have friends that are, like, really upset about it, you know? Like, a friend of mine who's a diehard Pokemon fan, like, and he's a, a, the kind of guy that, uh, he's one of my friends from uh, my other podcast, The Comics Pals, where he's not a big video game guy. And, like, he plays a few games a year, and Pokemon's a franchise he's, like, religiously into, and he's like, I'm not gonna get it until they fix National Dex. And I just don't, I don't know, I don't understand that aspect to it, mm. but I am one of the growing audience of people who I think is kind of, like, this is the last game I think I'm willing to go all in on if they're just yeah. going to keep shoveling the same yeah, thing yeah, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something needs to something needs to change, but maybe not right now. Like delaying delaying this game and trying to change this game isn't going to work. Like this game it's too out, late. This game is making enough changes, I think, to, to be to be worth it for now. If they do this again, then yeah, there's a problem. If they because they're adding the wild area, they're adding all kinds of new things, and that's a good enough change for me to go. Okay, this is a, a console quality maybe version of the game. If they do this a sec, if they do this in two years' time again, and there's not like a bigger change, I'm like, okay, well they're not. They were just being lazy originally, and now they're being lazy again. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm kind of hoping that this game undersells because I think that, uh, and I mentioned this on the show before, so I won't belabor the point if you're a regular listener. But like, I think the Pokemon marketing machine ha- is at a point where it's really hurting the franchise. Yeah, because you look at the games that had the most innovation. It was during the points where Pokemon was the least popular. Yeah, because they had to do something. Yeah, and I think you look at you look at Pokemon Go and like, you know, obviously Pokemon Go was like huge for revitalizing the franchise. Like I don't think you get the Detective Pikachu movie and like the kind of resurged interest in the brand if you don't have Pokemon Go. But I think that that's actually become a really big problem because I now you I think you have the Pokemon company is a big company and they do a lot more than make video games mm-hmm. and they most of their money does not come from the Pokemon games yeah, it comes merch, from cards and mm-hmm. merch yeah. right exactly and I think that now you're in this position where like Pokemon's become an annualized franchise because they want to pump out more shit yeah and. I don't think you can have the ability to go away for like four or five years and make a Breath of the Wild style step forward for the brand that everybody wants without really hindering sales of everything else. Pokemon has been like on a trajectory, isn't it? It's on a momentum and you you can't take one cog out of the train, let's say, without the train just sort of collapsing a bit. And Pokemon yep. wants to keep being this train because it keeps making money every year and it keeps doing the mm-hmm. same things every year to make money. Yeah. And if you take one thing out to please, I don't know, three million more people, let's say, you're you know, you, you could dump in like an extra six million dollars. I don't know how game how much game development costs into oh, a game. Probably a lot more than that. <laughs> okay, let's say you could dump another hundred million dollars, but you're not necessarily guaranteed to get that much back out of it to make it worth the, the cost when you're already making enough money from the merch and from the cards and things like that. So return of investment is, you know, is it worth it to please people, more people, or get an extra six million sales when you could just do what you're doing now and still make you know, the same amount of money? Yeah, and there's so many dependencies too, like where the uh, TCG and the anime depend on the games or vice versa, mm-hmm. however you want to exactly. look at it. And it's like, like you said, like I liked your train analogy actually. Because yeah, when you do like, you know, take out or kill one of the gears... I mean, you're talking TCG gets delayed. You're talking every, you know, and then like the, at that point, the whole franchise 
you know, what <laughs> does everything get delayed? <laughs> like, does everything stop? And that's the thing is, I think that's the reason why you'll probably never see a Pokemon game get delayed in this mm-hmm. in this current environment mm-hmm. because if it gets delayed you have a warehouse full of cards sitting around waiting to be sold or yeah, like this know? pokemon like might look different down the line because somebody was pissed off at how it looked you know and and then what do you got to do go the sonic route and say okay we're just going to change everything yeah right yeah and it becomes a big it becomes a big problem yeah and, and i honestly think until the current wave of nostalgia for pokemon dies and it goes back to just being gamers who like pokemon yeah. worried about the franchise i think it's going to just stay on this treadmill because until unless this game doesn't sell well why change anything because yeah. if anything you re- you risk alienating the casual market and the children who won't play any game that challenges them that they've been courting the last three generations or two generations Absolutely. it's a shame yeah i mean it's, it's, it's not gonna put me off the series now but like you say in the future it, it probably could yeah if the next game comes out and it looks the same amount of same, mm-hmm. that's going to be a real problem. It's going to be really tough of something that we've all been sort of following since we were kids and that we've had throughout our lives to then just have to drop off something because it's like, okay, enough's enough. It's like... Well, and it's especially problematic for me because I really, really like competitive Pokemon yeah. battling and I think I'm going to want to keep doing that no matter what. But it's like, do I really want to play this same experience over and fucking over Still again? Browsing, you know? Yeah. There's other means. You can get your, your fix elsewhere. Why well, keep going to that dealer when you you got you got a cheaper dealer? I'll just go play Pokemon Showdown for yeah, free on the internet. internet. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. just professional uh, competitive Pokemon Go where you're just hammering on the no, screen. That's a thing, man. <laughs> competitive Pokemon Go <laughs> yeah. PvP. I guarantee you that Pokemon Go PvP tournaments are like getting bigger and bigger, man. It was at Pokemon the Pokemon what was the Pokemon tournament? What's the big one called? Oh. Pokemon uh, World Masters, yeah, that big. Yeah, they had a Pokemon Go the first one this year. Next year, it's coming to London, and they're going to do Pokemon Go again. I might go and just watch some guys with really strong thumbs whack mm. on the screen. <laughs> yeah, well, you get good practice with me uh, too, but that's you know we're getting uh, we're getting <laughs> we're getting off track. <laughs> yeah. So b- before we wrap this up, uh, what is your current excitement level for Pokemon right now? Ooh, um, I, th- I think it's only going up. I'm not like super, super excited, um, but I agree with you guys that the fact that we don't know a lot at this point and we're like just about two months to release is like, oh my gosh, there's got to be more. But at the same time, you kind of have to, you know, think realistically and, and say, well, this <laughs> in theory could could be it. You know, we yeah, don't know. Yeah. Um, but there's like a lot of towns and stuff that we haven't seen. Um, so that that's exciting. So I would I would say seven out of ten. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in two minds. I'm. I'm either we don't know an awful lot, and that's great because when the game comes out, I'm gonna be like, "Wow, I didn't know any of this." And it's in. It's all sort of English, you know, UK based. I'm like, "Wow, I, I know vaguely know of this. I know this is all very cool." Or we're gonna be like, "We don't know anything." I play the game, and I'm like, "Oh no, we knew everything. They've literally shown right. us everything." So right. I'm kind of like, Surfetched has bumped me up a little bit of a hype level because I'm like, "Cool, we're getting evolutions for all Pokemon again." Takes you back to like how excited I was in Pokemon Diamond, finding evolutions. Um, so we'll see what's next. Um, the next announcement might be sort of the the, the tipping point. Maybe. Seven, I think seven out of ten is solid. What about you, Pete? How are you feeling? Um, I would say I'm I'm in about the same boat as you guys. Uh, where I you know I love Pokemon. I, I really do a lot. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, the additions of new Pokemon and new abilities is something that always gets me excited because no matter what year it is, I'm playing competitive Pokemon in my spare time. Mm-hmm. You know, so. 
whenever there's a chance to inject new things into the formula, like that's exciting because it represents like a metagame that I'm really excited by that is always evolving anyway. It like totally, you know, reset, reshuffles the deck and it becomes a fun thing to jump on. All my friends who play get interested again and it renews that that vigor, you know? So that is always going to be exciting to me. Yeah. And I love this new batch of Pokemon. Every Pokemon they've shown so far... I either really adore or I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Not like for me, but someone loves that, right? Like the cutesy people are going to love Alacream, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Alacream. There's none, that, there's none that have come out and I've gone, that's dumb. None, none of them exactly, so far. Yeah. The closest we've got is what's the big metal dragon where I'm like, I don't understand Corvenite? what this is. No, oh, Corviknight? No, 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 the, no, big... the bird. The big metal dragon that's like, it looks like a gun. Oh, 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 the one who looks like a lighter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, See, I, I like him, though. I don't dislike <laughs> him. I look at him like, what are you? Like, yeah. someone that, so weird. As someone that likes the, the kind of like, the inspiration behind Pokemon and things like that, I look at him like, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I can't get a picture of him. It's like, it's like hurting my head. It's so abstract. But it's just so simple. I don't know. Um, he's probably the one I'm the most, so I've been like, huh? Um, other than that, yeah, great new batch of Pokemon. And what you said earlier was interesting about how when it happens, all your friends get back into it and they get really excited about it. And it's the same with me. I've got friends that don't give crap about Pokemon most of the year. And then like a new Pokemon gun comes out and we're all in a group chat. We're meeting up, we're talking about it, we're playing We're it. all 10 years old again. Yeah, exactly. It's an exactly. incredible feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that to me is like, that is valuable. Mm, it you is. Know? And I think a lot of people, you know, um, are kind of starting to feel that annualized burnout on Pokemon. Mm. And I, I get it. But I really do think that if the good side of what Max has posited is true and the game comes out and there's a lot that they didn't show us that's really cool or the actual package is better and more engaging than it than it uh, previewed to seem, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that a lot of people are going to change their tune. I think that it's negative right now because the most significant news has been bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything else seems like more of the same. But that more of the same is still Pokemon. I don't know if it's bad news. It's more bad reaction. People went it, went into it just like you know after that E three um, little demo and then they were just like you know no like and, and after that yeah. they were done it didn't matter what they showed any news that yeah. comes out it's like yeah but what about the national decks oh right look, look they're just looking for things to now pinpoint and exactly as bad but I think when the game actually comes out a lot of those people are going to buy the game and find something to enjoy and then the conversation is going to change yep. yes yeah we're starting yeah. to see that now. I think this is the first piece of announced news that really feels that way for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, oh, cool. It seems like people actually care about yeah. this. So, um, but I think that's where I'm at, right? Where like, I know that I will enjoy it once I get it. But right now, the fact that we're two months away and I'm not like frothing at the mouth for it is, I think, indicative of the burnout that yeah, is yeah, yeah. a real thing. And something that I hope that that the company addresses by, you know, like maybe let's lean into more spinoffs and stuff yeah. rather than doing a real annual, like, Give the real game some time to breathe and just make, like, Detective Pikachu 2 and all that other shit you used to do. <laughs> Pokemon Sleep. You know? Yes. Pokemon Stadium. Pokemon Snap. Bring them back. Let's go. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That would work great on Not Switch. a mobile game. Oh, yeah. I forgot that exists. The mobile. Oh. <laughs> it's bad. Don't do the that. memory just forced itself into my brain. And hurts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, big thanks to both of you guys for coming in and uh, and, and filling in for Pixel. I think I think with both of you combined, you you definitely at least measured up. Like, wow. I think that's fair. Did to we say. like Thanks, fire emblem it and like raise up a grade? 
<laughs> I was more picturing it like you know, like the two of you guys are like cartoon like little rascals. You got a trench coat on. And you're <laughs> like, like, sneak into the podcast yeah. and pretend to be Pixel. <laughs> but uh, I I think I think the uh, the Legion of Potheads will agree that you did uh, an admirable job. So, so I appreciate you guys stepping in and uh, and talking Pokemon with me a little bit because Lord knows Pixel would not have been able to talk twenty minutes about this. And you'd be like, nah, oh, I played Blue version once. It was pretty good. Yeah, but man, you can he can put out some videos about it yeah, i can tell you yeah, that yeah for a guy who knows shockingly little about pokemon man he's real good at like yeah. making analysis this one videos. pixel you know <laughs> just because it's in my name <laughs> just because he can talk about it doesn't mean he knows anything about it everything he says is entirely false oh this entire show so far has just been me bullshitting no, no i'm just <laughs> that's why he needs me to fact check him, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah 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 <laughs> All right, so uh, just one more time before we head out, um, you know, if you guys want to support the show, make sure you give us a like on your platform of choice. If we're not somewhere where you want to get your podcast, let us know and we will make sure we get there. If you want to find the rest of our content, you can go and visit us at youtube.com slash loopots, twitch.tv slash loopots, loopots.com. Uh, if you want to connect with us, give us a follow at Loopots on Twitter. Go join our Discord and the growing legion of pots heads that are there talking about Nintendo stuff every day. Uh, go there. It's a great community. We're having fun. We're always in the chat. So if you want to come talk to us, it's a great way to do so. Uh, you can also get in touch by reaching me at Pete at Lupots.com if you want to write in with your uh, questions or, you know, whatever else, just like Asobi and Brendan did. Uh, thanks again for writing in, guys. And uh, last but not least, the only other plug I've got for you today is if you want to go above and beyond to show your support, you can go and visit us at Patreon.com slash Lupots. We are a Patreon-funded outfit here and uh, it helps keep the light on keep the lights on and lets us do all kinds of fun new stuff uh so you know if you go and support us at the five dollar level you'll get access to our patron exclusive show after dark which is a blast uh dj's been on it a couple times it's a great program we think it's well worth your time and uh we hope you'll go show your support sounds like a podcast for b team b team people from the sounds of it oh shit it's it's like it's like the trial pretty much (laughs) you have to pass the trial yeah, if you go on that show and the people that paid money to get there yeah. don't boo you off the stage. But you you locked down, Max. You were you were originally slated to be on prior to that show even existing, so you kind of got like grandfathered in. Oh, excellent. Phew. I believe Max was the first ever guest on the podcast. Yeah, it was like February this year. We talked yeah. about indies. I listen to it all the time to hear my own voice. Mm. <laughs> I gotta say, I listen to your voice a lot too, man. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to get you on the show more often so that you can, you know, have a few more episodes to listen to in we're, that rotation. We'll it at normal times like this, like you know, <laughs> I was just, I was just waiting. I was sitting with my microphone in front of me, just waiting for an invitation. Take it up with Pixel and Steve, man. I gotta wake up at seven a.m. to record with those motherfuckers. <laughs> I can't believe the people in the same time zone as me are the are the, are the, the barrier between me and being on this podcast are the people that actually yeah, are yeah. awake at the same time as me. <laughs> Anyway, thanks again for joining us, guys. Go follow DJ and Max on uh, on Twitter, and uh, we'll see you next week for another episode of the podcast. Bye. See you later.